You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Today, we are talking to Tom Hanley, who is the founder and CEO of 913 Sports, which you can visit at 913sports.org. Spell out nine numerals, one three sports.org. Verbally, it'll be in the show notes in case uh, you don't don't get that. Um, So, Tom, tell us a little bit about 913 Sports. What do you do? What is it? Yeah, so 913 Sports is a youth health and fitness organization that launched in 2012 here in Central Indiana. And we really built an uh, education curriculum using the bicycle as a tool uh, in schools and and community programs all across our community. So we work with kids as young as five, all the way up to to 18 year olds and uh, and young adults. And we've got a few different programs that allow them to connect with the bicycle. Um, Our most widely known program is our kids riding bikes program, where we take in a stationary bicycle simulator setup and actually integrate into the physical education class during the school day. We get kids riding bikes as part of their PE class uh, in a big video game. And then we've got our uh, kids building bikes program, which focuses on workforce development and, and awareness. And then our exploring e program, which actually gets kids outside um, exploring Indianapolis and the, the great city that it is uh, through the power of two wheels. Man, when I was a kid, there was nothing better than riding my bike. I rode my bike everywhere. I was, I lived in Plainfield and it was, you know, relatively safe to drive around the town, go down to the book, you know, the ball card shop. Um, I hated gym class. I hated it so much. I was a chubby kid. So what happens when you take the bikes, the some, something that a kid loves and you put it into a school, into a setting that, you know, you know, when we were kids, where we look like we're around the same age, you know, it's run around the circles. Maybe you got the cool parachute day. What is the difference for kids when you bring in your program? Explain coming into a school and, and what that looks like and how the kids interact with it. Yeah, so that's one of the things I love most about this program. And one of the things uh, I took for granted uh, with my background as an elite level cyclist uh, when I started this. Uh, you know, the reality is that a lot of the kids we work with uh, here in Marion County and across the eight other counties we serve um, have never been on a bike before they come mm-hmm. into the gymnasium and get on ours. Uh, in fact, about 10% of the kids at a new school we go to um, have never thrown their leg over a bicycle until we come in. And that's just as common in the urban setting as it is the rural setting. Uh, so that was a pretty big shocker, given much like you, I grew up with uh, the bicycle being that rite of passage and, and a chance to um, really have the early taste of freedom. So the way we deliver it really builds on the the founding principle of 913, and that is that the bicycle is the ultimate equalizer. We're able to take students of all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, and athletic abilities and create a relatively level and fun playing field. Um, Basically, we sneak in the exercise part of of what they're doing. Uh, It's a big video game. So as they pedal, uh, they're pedaling with seven of their classmates. We bring eight bikes into a setup, uh, and they're actually able to see themselves move across the screen when they go uphill. Uh, the bikes actually increase in resistance. When they go downhill, they go faster. Um, and they might do three or four courses uh, along the way with this. So whether it's a student that has never been on a bike before or a student that um, just isn't the best at traditional ball sports, uh, those are the students that just light up when they see the bicycle. And for a lot of them, it's a chance to push themselves athletically and physically 
um, in a way that they might not otherwise do. And that's why the PE teachers really took, um, took a liking to this program when I launched it was they were seeing the kids that were normally trying to, to sit in gym class on their iPad or, or do the minimum amount of work. And like they physically wouldn't get off the bike. And if that's the biggest problem we have is that if a kid is loving it so much that they won't get off, then we're, we knew we were onto something right uh, early on. And um, it's been very fortunate to see this program grow from this crazy idea I had in 2012 to serving just about 60,000 kids in 2019. Wow. So when you go into a school and you have, I imagine is a day, what do you, how do you, how do you like move, how do you get them moving after that single day? What are your follow-up programs? So, um, yeah, we, we come in and, and we'll typically come into a school for, for a full week so we can work with every student in the, in the PE class and, and the rotation that they have. Uh, and, you know, what we do is really try to build on the great work that physical education teachers are doing, uh, whether it is, is being one of their stations or, or part of their broader curriculum, um, really just laying that foundation and, and getting these kids excited and getting them to understand that the bike exists. It's not that the, a lot of them don't care about it. It's just that it's not something that's in their lives. Their, their parents or parents aren't introducing it. So um, for a lot of them, we're, we're just that first, that first opportunity to engage with it. And that really led us to these other programs we've launched over the past couple of years. Uh, first, our Kids Building Bikes program is really designed to create opportunities for youth in a, in a smaller, more boutique deeper dive program. Uh, we work with eight students uh, twice per week for four weeks, about 16 hours of curriculum, and a big mobile bike shop. It's, it's designed as an after-school program. We have a 48-foot trailer we've built out as a bike shop. And so we're still able to go to the kids, go to their neighborhood, to their school, um, and work with them. And ultimately, over the course of that four weeks, they are learning how to work with their hands, work with tools, maintain a bicycle, everything from changing a flat to adjusting the gears and brakes. And the last two classes, they are actually unboxing and building their own brand new bicycle. Mm. And they have a helmet and a lock that upon successful completion, they get to take home with them. So now we're not just giving them a bike as a method of transportation and, and exploration in their neighborhood. We're getting them thinking about those early workforce development skills. Here's what I can do with a wrench. Here's what I can do with a screwdriver. Here are some of those career pathways that uh, allow me to connect with the city and, and, and find a, find a career that I might like as I get older. So a lot of it is just really opening them up to, to that. And then our Explore Indie program um, gets those kids outside. Uh, we do a lot of work with history teachers um, in middle school and high school, a lot of work with Indie Parks where we actually have a family experience. And we're taking these kids and these adults out uh, on the different greenways and pathways and the Monon Trail and the Cultural Trail and helping them not understand just what great infrastructure it is, but ultimately the cool stories of Indianapolis that go with it, whether it's the history of Tomlinson Hall or why the circle is there as, as a monument and not, uh, not the governor's house like it was supposed to be, um, really helping create these, these true placemaking opportunities long-term. Always like uh, hearing new history buffs being created like, like myself <laughs> when I was young. Uh, so you, you mentioned you were, uh, tell us about how you fell in love with the bike and, and how this program came about. Yeah, so I was an elite-level cyclist in a previous life. Uh, it allowed me to travel all over the country and world and do a lot of really cool things uh, um, and ultimately brought me to Indianapolis. I was Midwest, born and raised, primarily Columbus, Ohio, um, but I was team captain at Marion University for their cycling program uh, and came to Indianapolis 
in 2004 when I was 17 years old for college and to pursue my uh, my cycling career and never plan on staying this in the city, but just absolutely fell in love with Indianapolis along the way. So um, that was my that was my passion uh, and really my connection to, to two wheels. And as things evolved um, in June of 2010, when I was 23 years old, I was in a you know automobile accident. I actually walked away with two broken vertebrae and a brain injury. And I was told I was lucky to be alive, um, but I would never race my bike again. And uh, at that point, I'd been planning on becoming a business attorney. And in the, the year that followed after that, I decided that I want to do something different than being an attorney. Um, and ultimately sat down and wrote what would become the framework for, for 913 Sports. So the bike has been this incredible tool for me that's allowed me to, to compete at the highest level of sport um, or be a little kid and, and ride around the neighborhood. And I think that's the cool thing about the bicycle is you can do it whether you're five or whether you're 50 or whether you're 80 uh, and you can do it for fitness or transportation or fun or competition. And um, there's not many things out there that, uh, that are that lifelong type of endeavor uh, with all of that versatility. So, you know, no nonprofit has been spared the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. And I imagine a nonprofit that goes and visits schools prim- primarily has been especially hard hit and has tried to figure out some new plans. So what are you doing in response to this to continue reaching out to kids? Yeah, so in, uh, in March, um, just like everybody else, uh, whether it's a business or an individual, our world changed drastically and um, pretty much overnight. And uh, we went from uh, being in three or four schools a day simultaneously with our program operations to watching schools shut down overnight. And uh, much like any other small business, we had to figure out what do we do. And, um, you know, we've been through a lot of scary times as an organization, a small, scrappy startup, nonprofit. Uh, you learn to weather a lot of storms, but uh, this, was a, this was a pretty big one. So we sent our staff on an extended spring break. Uh, and really, as I watched most of my staff walk out the door um, on that Friday, March 20th, um, I didn't think a lot of them would be back. There just was no real path forward for knowing that schools were going to be shut down for at least the rest of the school year. Um, the relationships we had built were strong, but what do you do when everything you've, you've de- designed a whole company around goes away? And so um, after about 48 hours of feeling really sorry for myself, um, I spent the weekend kind of holed up in my house and uh, um, cheered myself a good pity party. And I stepped back uh, and evaluated what we had that was an asset and, and what we could do. And um, it was a pretty short list. We had vans, we had trucks and trailers, we had uh, 11 incredible staff that were passionate about serving the city and that I really wanted to keep employed. And we had a warehouse on West 29th Street here in the near Northwest neighborhood we moved, in, moved into 18 months ago. So through all of that, uh, we really, kind of just threw, threw darts against the wall and, and um, tried to figure out where we'd land. And we reached out to some community partners and friends of ours and said, we have these assets, how can they be used? And we were very quickly connected to the mayor's office, uh, who we do a lot of work with, and then Gleaner's Food Bank and Second Helpings. And um, in the space of just a couple days after that initial email, we were actually picking up our first, uh, first food from Gleaner's um, out by the airport and helping move it to uh, a community pantry um, that didn't have a vehicle large enough to be able to haul the skids, uh, the pallets of food that they needed uh, for their own distribution. And 
very organically and somewhat seamlessly, seamlessly. We went from an organization that uh, was taking bikes into schools to uh, building two new programs in the space of just a few days, uh, that, that community uh, bulk food delivery for other agencies. Uh, and then the mayor's office approached us about helping run a new logistics program they, they wanted to launch that focused on being able to deliver food from gleaners and second helpings directly to residents in Marion County that couldn't seek access to a food pantry. So they might've been COVID positive, they were high risk, elderly, pregnant, immunocompromised, they didn't have transportation. Um, and we built a brand new program uh, that launched just a week after uh, where we're actually taking food directly to residents in, in Indianapolis uh, that, that need it. And that, you know, and that's, that's such right. an interesting aspect. I just didn't even consider that, you know, let's say you tested positive for it and you needed to go to a food bank, you couldn't. If there's anybody listening out there and knows someone, how can they sign up with your program or get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, in, in this partnership with these great community partners, um, Indy Hunger Network is the, the screening process, and it's a very simple screening process. If you call, uh, you're going to be able to get food. And so that number is 317-742-9111. Um, very simple process, and Indy Hunger Network staff member will, will circle back as soon as they can. And we're typically getting food to the doorstep of, it, of an individual that calls um, no longer than 48 hours and most often within 24 hours, Monday through Friday. Very good. Uh, and I, I understand that in terms of the bike building, too, you actually are now inviting people to come to you. Yeah, so we, um, we're in this, this beautiful old building that, um, that we've reclaimed and repurposed over the past couple of years on West 29th Street. And uh, when we moved in, we, we had a sliver of it, and, and we quickly saw a bigger demand for kids building bikes program than we anticipated, which is an awesome problem to have. So earlier this year, right before COVID took over, we had actually expanded our footprint and began build out of a classroom um, so we can actually post programming here and not just be relying on going to schools and, and community centers. Uh, and while we put a temporary pause on that when we were figuring out what COVID was going to look like for us, uh, we restarted that construction process in June. and. Uh, we're anticipating having this classroom space uh, opened up to the community here by the middle of September. That's that's fantastic. And if somebody wants to get involved in that, what how should they get involved? Yeah, so um, follow us on our social media channels, 913 Sports. Check out our website. Uh, reach out to us through uh, email or phone. Um, we're obviously monitoring what the current situation is with COVID. So I'm trying to figure out what the best approach is um, in terms of safety with that long term. But uh uh, we really look forward to having the community be part of our um, part of our story, not just in their facilities of schools, but uh, in our our facility we call home. And I imagine you know kids are just you know, my poor niece has just spent a lot of time crying because all, all her activities and her friends and everything has just kind of been taken apart. I imagine going and doing something like that is also a great mood lifter for the kids. Yeah, we're um, we feel our role in the community is more important now than ever before. Uh, whether you're talking about just giving kids an opportunity to be kids or learn in a different way, um, being able to build some new uh, new opportunities within the neighborhood that we're in, um, which has historically been a pretty underserved area. Um, we're really excited to be able to play this dual role uh, of not only getting kids riding bikes and building bikes, but to be able to be a, a resource in the community for this food uh, food delivery for as long as the community needs it. Tom Hanley, who is the founder and CEO of 913 Sports, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. 
And if you want to get in touch with them, their website is 9NINE13, the letter 13, sports.org. That will be in the show notes if you want to grab it there. Thank you so much for listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website, nowhearthisindy.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please contact Gabby at 317-475-7407 or via the contact page on our website. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. Confused about the news? If you want to sound smarter when talking with your friends, our mission at the We Are Libertarians podcast network is to inform you about the world in an independent and irreverent way. We take current events far more seriously than we take ourselves. Get all nine of our shows at wearelibertarians.com or in any podcast app by searching for We Are Libertarians.